0: This week on A Dash of Grit, business is hard. Small business is hard, but family business, that's a whole other thing. How do you keep your family traditions alive? How do you keep your ethics unscathed and still grow your business to what it needs to be to survive in today's world? That's the challenge that you're about to hear about from Dalib Powell. Her story of faith and family is next. This is A Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours. Here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. You know, one of the really cool things that I like about doing the Dash of Grid podcast is that I get to meet a lot of new uh, people that i've never met before successful leaders that i wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet and then sometimes i get to get reacquainted with dear old friends and uh, i have known Powell probably for 20 25 30 years maybe if a day and and uh, every time we talk to Lee, i am amazed and thrilled of of how passionate you are about your company and and about success and how committed you are to your company and success but also how giving you are to other people and helping them to be successful too and so i i'm thrilled to introduce you, my Dash of Grit audience, to Dillie Powell, president of Baker's Collision Repair right here in Mansfield. Dillie, thank you for being on our show.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me, Brian. And uh, it's my honor to be on the Dash of Grit with you, you know, mutually. I always enjoy getting to speak with you. I do seriously consider you a a friend. So thank you for inviting me to do this segment.
0: Me too. Thank you. We do need friends, don't we? So very good. So thank you Delee, for being on the show. I want to dive right in because your, your story is amazing and the success that you've had as a, as a small locally owned family business is, is really telling. But I want to talk about how you've done it and your team has done it. First, let's brag a little. Tell me some great things about Baker's Collision Repair Specialists and, and some of the great things that are happening now, some of the things you're proudest about. Currently, for bakers?
1: Well, to start off, very, very happy about the fact that we were selected last year uh, in December as Small Business of the Year. So that goes on for 12, um, 12 months, and that is through the Richland Area Chamber of Commerce. So that was a great honor. There was great competition. We have great businesses here in Richland County. Again, I just think that's a great, great honor. So looking back on some of the things that you know, they looked at, and what I really said when I accepted that award was, it's all about our people. We have, really, we have the best people. Um, We've heard that before, The people say, oh, Bakers has all the best people, and we really work hard on that. I would say that's one of my very best accomplishments, is just how strong our staff is, how caring they are, how positive they are. So that's our strength, is really our people. And you're right, I have a passion for mm-hmm. this industry. Sometimes I don't realize it, and then I hear it from individuals like yourself or other people say, you have such a passion. And I guess it's just my DNA. Yeah. But I am very passionate about the business. I want it to be successful. Um, but I also want it to be an example to the community and other business owners not necessarily collision repair owners but just business owners in general that that you can do be very successful have a great business and do it with very high integrity and so that is like my number one thing is doing it right not just doing it but doing it right and for the right reasons
0: and and I think think that's go go ahead ahead. I'm sorry
1: (laughs) well I think that maybe is one of the things that is hard to do because I think a lot of times business owners are so worried about the bottom line as they're starting out young yeah. and they maybe take their focus off of why they're doing it or what is the importance or how can it give back? Like you said, back to the community or back to the employees.
0: Yeah. You just keep on giving and, and you assume that it comes out on the other side. Well, I, I, I was struck by the fact that you don't always think of yourself as being that way. And then many people that I've met through the show and just in general, Uh, Leaders, successful leaders, forget that everything they're doing is the right thing to do. They're just so ingrained in doing those things over and over and over again. They never, sometimes I have to prod and say, hey, tell me about success. And they say, well, I'm not there yet. You know, it's just because it's, they're constantly pushing forward. And I, I think it's probably easy to take for granted some of the things that uh, that you've worked so hard to achieve. And so let's talk about that a little bit. Bakers uh, is a long-time family-owned business, but not an overnight success, and certainly wasn't always at the level that it is now as far as revenue and things of that certain number of employees. So share with me a little bit about the the uh, struggles and, and some of the tough times that you had to overcome to build Bakers into what it is now.
1: I would really say that our business has grown in like three segments. And I've observed every single one of those segments. So the first was when my dad started out and my dad just had such strong work ethic, just really, I want to say work night and day. I can remember as a child that, you know, he'd be working on the customer's cars, you know, during the day. And then in the evening, taking care of our cars or fixing something on the house. I mean, just, it seemed like he was always working, but the other um, segment of that that was just really deep that I observed was um, his dedication to church, always attending church, always taking his kids to church. So it was never like work was more important than church. And so that has really helped me like understand the, the priority level. For our business, it's always God first, then family second and business last. And as a business owner, sometimes you really have to check yourself on like what is happening with your business or what you're asking your employees to do. If you're thinking that's my priority and that's the priority I want from also my employees. So I'm not going to ask them anything that's going to put the business ahead of their faith or their family.
0: Can you, you know, give so some examples, perhaps, of, of times when that might have been a, an inclination? Like, you've got to get the business fixed, and so maybe some of those other things seem to fall until you remember. Can you give me some examples of when that might have happened?
1: You know, i I don't think it ever did happen as far as for me as, a, as the, the president and running it, because that was always, always my focus. I can't really say for my, um, my dad or my brother, but I could see maybe my brother struggling with that more as he was growing the business in what I want to call phase two. You know, it's very hard sometimes, and I am empathetic for people that it's hard for them to always keep that priority in the right order. And I see that because sometimes, especially if the business is struggling financially, they're just, what do I need to do to prop this up? Because it does support your family. You know, when you're a small family owned business, that is not only, you're not only supporting your employees, but you're supporting your family. And I think for me, I've just been really able to put my faith in God so strongly. It's like every year my faith in God has gotten stronger. And so I'm able to do things that I know would please him and he rewards the business.
0: Yeah. And so there's no shortcuts allowed and you don't even think to go there. It's just this comes first, this comes next, and the business will be just fine. And so give me some ideas of sometimes in history of bakers when it It wasn't always easy and you had to push through some of those things.
1: You know, when we started out the business, I'll just give you it. Like when we started out the business, it was my dad and my mom and, you know, and they were trying to raise a family, Mm -hmm. myself and my two brothers. There was a lot of struggles there, just even financially, but My dad always did, like I said, he did two things that I will just always be thankful for. And one thing was always taking us to church, very, very faithful at taking Mm -hmm. us to church and having that church family be his kind of a social life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Mm -hmm. um, And then uh, I want to say the, um, the second thing was back in the day, we could close down for two weeks. In Mansfield, I want to say back in the 60s and 70s, of course, we started in 1953, but there was pretty much a shutdown right around the 4th of July when the factories would be shutting down to retooling and all of that. And so we closed the business down for two weeks and went cross country in a little camper. Okay. And so we always had these uh, family vacations that really allowed us to refresh and um, see our beautiful country, the beautiful United States. So I got to go to Montana, to Yellowstone, to California, Disneyland, you know, the Grand Canyon, you name it, you know, Route 66. Yeah. I got to do all of those things and much, much more. And that those are great memories that, you know, my dad provided for us. And just really, again, making that family a priority, you know. So yeah. I've been so blessed that the examples both my mother and my father set for myself to then show my children and my grandchildren. And also I see that generation. So we, our family has been very blessed to have strong family members that have been strong Christians and doing the right thing for generations. And so to me, it's like, that is what I want to pass on to, to, my employees, to my children, to my grandchildren, is that they can be the one, if they're the first one, because not everyone's family has been strong, have had good parents. So they can be the first. They can Mm -hmm. be the very first and then start those generations of people that are strong, making their family, you know, important, but not over God.
0: I'm wondering, uh, you know, I know that small business is hard and sometimes family business is even harder. And there's all kinds of things we probably won't, or maybe we get into now, but was there ever a time when it just seemed like keeping going versus keeping the family business going? Like which direction? Ever a time where you were, I just want to do something different, but yet family held it together. Can you give me some crossroads perhaps that might have happened in in that span of your career here as a family business owner?
1: You know, I have had the opportunity. I think that you know, my dad has always been generous. I'm very thankful to my father when I look back on it, how much patience he had with me, because I really went from high school right into the family business, and even though I had had some training, my mom started working with me when I was 15 in the office. So I was matching invoices to statements and so on and so forth and doing office work that I found very interesting. But then when I graduated from high school, I actually kind of jumped into the non-traditional end of the business of actually doing things that only men typically did. You know, looking back on it, it wasn't like I was trying to prove myself to a man. I just wanted to do a good job. I just wanted to be good at my job. I didn't understand that it wasn't a job that a woman should do. And so constantly asking my dad, probably like a little kid asking why, 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 I was asking a million questions, trying to understand the industry and get better at the industry and be knowledgeable just for my to be good at what I did. He was extremely looking back on it, he was extremely patient with me, just like a child with a toddler. They're always asking why. He was so patient on answering my questions, on being a great mentor. I'm very, very appreciative. I remember one time I was in my twenties and we were at a meeting and my dad I had walked up on him and he didn't know I was was there, but he was saying to this individual in this meeting, my daughter has forgotten more than most people will ever know. Yeah, yeah. And so I, that statement has stuck with me all these years. And it just it was a statement of how proud he was of me and how that he had confidence that I would be able to do the task at hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that my mother was always the same way. So, but In my mother and my father's eyes, there was never anything that I couldn't do. And it wasn't just me. It was me and my brothers also. They were extremely supportive of what we could do. And honestly, when I look back on it, I think of it as that's how they were. I mean, my dad's story is amazing of how he came out of the Depression To have money or to even put food on the table, he would trap animals. So he would trap animals and then he would sell their skins, the pelts. So that was, I mean, you know, he just really grew up on a farm and would do anything to try to have a little bit extra money and then went into the industry at really at my uncle's knee at his brother-in-law's, you know, learning under him who was a World War II veteran you know, my dad went into the Air Force Reserves here in Mansfield when he was a senior in high school. Okay. So, I mean, while he was still in high school, went into the reserves. And again, back then, it was a totally different kind of situation than it is now. But just his, he always had that dedication to serve and to, to work hard. And as I look at those examples, his persistence was really his grit. I mean, yeah. he was very persistent. And, you know, when I look back at all the things he did, being on a pit crew, he was on a pit crew of a Daytona 500 car. Okay. You know, well, so fun. just all of those fun things that he was able to do, bringing the business along.
0: He instilled in you a confidence that didn't even, it didn't even allow you to question whether you could do the job or not. And then, like you mentioned, a, a woman doing a perceptually man's job, you didn't even think about it, but... I think the rest of the world still thinks about things and and I think we we all have perceptions, we all have stereotypes. Do you struggle at all? Is it ever a hardship of being a woman in a perceptually male-dominated industry like car and, and collision repair and things of those
1: sorts? You know, maybe for some other women it is, but for me, it never has been. Good. And I don't know if it's, I, I want to say that I'm a naive person in a way. That's um, always good. And I, <laughs> yeah. And it, I think just that of, you know, that I'm going to be just judged on my ability, not on, am I a woman or a man? Also to treat people the way I would want to be treated. When I work with men in the industry, I don't see that as an issue, or a problem. Whether it's my staff or other people across, you know, across the industry, mm-hmm. there are more women constantly. There are more women in our industry, and you know, I'm thankful for that, and I support that. But I can remember at the time a lot of times when I was going into training classes, I, it would be me in a class full of uh, technicians, mm-hmm. you know, or going for my ASC testing, I would be the only woman in a, a classroom of 50 to a hundred men taking tests on, you know, collision repair or whatever that was. Yeah. And so it just, I I acknowledged it, but it was just like, okay, it's me. It's me and the guys, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. And good for you that you were able to be successful through that because you fought through it and did what you had to do and showed the grit to get it done but I bet it was still hard. And so I'm thinking as I look through, and I I talked to a lot of folks and there was the the crash of 08, and there's the current situation of COVID and things of that sort. But give me some real-world, real-life examples for bakers. Uh, Situations where things went south that you weren't expecting, and all of a sudden you needed a leadership, you needed grit, you needed to get through something. Let's talk a little bit about that.
1: You know, I think the first thing that comes to mind to me regarding hardships would be 9-11. Yeah. Uh, when nine eleven happened, that was just such an unknown, and so that, and of course, everybody kind of remembers where they were at when nine eleven happened. Mm-hmm. We really took the attitude that we cannot let allow nine eleven to affect who Baker's is or our ability to continue forward, mm-hmm. and so we really looked at. Um, not just, we just weren't going to sit back and say, well, everybody's in this situation and it's okay. We were like, okay, this has happened to us, but what can we do to overcome this? Like, what, what are was our next- happening?
0: So, it, can you remember what was happening? What was the impact that you and your business were feeling at that time?
1: Well, if you remember, like when 9 11 happened, everybody kind of hunkered down, very similar to now to the um, pandemic. Like people weren't going out and driving. People were very fearful. They weren't sure, you know, like in hindsight, we know what the situation was. But at the time that it was happening, it you know, it was very scary. And, uh, you know, some of our employees, we just were very flexible with our employees at that time. We're like, if you need to leave, go home, be with your family, please do that. You know, whatever you feel like you need to do. Other people were Sometimes work is the best medicine, honestly, just to keep your mind off of, just like exercise. They always say exercise is good for you, Mm -hmm. for stress relief. So, you know, for some of our guys, they're very good at what they do, and for them to be able to just focus on fixing a car and not think about what's happening out there in that world, you know, that was a good solution for them. So we're flexible understanding that these were unknown times, they needed to do whatever they needed to do at that time. But looking back on it, we weren't just going to say, well, all of the collision repair industries in the nation or, you know, this is being affected by them. Uh, we were like, okay, what can we do to just to continue on and be successful and to make sure that we're able to have jobs for our employees? You know, what I'm saying for me, it's very important that our employees are able to take care of their families. I mean, I really think of them as my extended family. And so, you know, I have a very large work family that, you know, I want to make sure that they're able to have a good income, take care of their family members, and uh, be safe and secure.
0: And so what did you do specifically for for bakers? Did you innovate? Did you develop opportunities? Did you hire? Did you Uh, What specifically did you try to do to come out on the other side uh, with everybody happy and healthy and and moving ahead?
1: I think that must have been the seed that started the, what can we do to be more diverse? Mm -hmm. So, you know, collision repair is our core competency, but... At that point, we must have started thinking, you know, we do some service work in-house, you know, because we're doing alignments on the cars that have had accidents. We change tires because, you know, a car tire was ruined during the collision. So we had a lot of the equipment and we had a technician that was able to do that for us. And so I think we said, let's see if we can promote more of our service or grow our service or our mechanical end of the business um, so that we can be more diversified and not be quite as affected by when the economy might take a change. And I think that has been just evolved to, you know, we started service department and we've really grown that over the last 10 plus years. And then several years ago, I'm going to say about three or four years ago, we decided to go ahead and add in-house glass onto what we do. So now we uh, replace windshields, we do windshield repair. So you know, you can just come to us for that. You don't have to have a collision. Right. And then last year we added on to that another segment, which is our, our roadside assistance. So now we're doing roadside assistance. So we've teamed up with AAA, and so especially during this pandemic that's going on, that has been a great service because we can go right to somebody's home, test their battery, figure out what's going on with their battery. What we've seen is that. Through this time, people are not driving their cars, and that causes all all kinds of other issues with uh, battery failure, which can then affect the computers in the cars. So So you're able um, to do
0: all those things now that you weren't even able to do before, and now you're that much more adept at at serving the customers. How many employees do you have now, Delee? So right
1: now we have 37 Wonderful. So um, we've been up to 40 yeah. and we're really hoping that by the end of the year, we'll be up to that, to up to that number 40 again by December. Great. So, uh, but it, for us, it's always the right people. Yeah. You know, 37 correct people can do the job. There's, we never want to put a wrong person in because our culture is very important. Our culture is critical to our success.
0: Yeah, growth and, and dollars and revenue are one thing, but the right culture, taking care of the family name, taking care of uh, doing things right the way you want them to be done, the way your father would want them to be done, that comes yeah. first, and the rest takes care of itself. That is wonderful. And so let's let's talk about taking care of itself and 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 what's next. You mentioned you know continuing to grow. So what does that look like? What is what are the goals that you have for bakers? What are the potential hurdles that might get in the way as you look towards the future and, and uh, continue to grow?
1: I really feel like just instilling in my two boys that work in the business. So Charlie and Chris both work in the business with me. And I feel like it's, it's critical to instill in them all of the things that my parents instilled in me Mm -hmm. so that they have the confidence so that they know that it's the right area. So their focus is always on God, family, business, And I feel like by focusing on that now, sky's the limit for them in the future. So I'm almost feeling like I'm at a transition point where, where for me, the growth of the business is up to my boys, where they want to take it. And I just want to make sure that they're guiding that ship in the right direction.
0: Yep. You've been there before. you, You learned from your family, and they'll learn from you, and away you'll go, and so that is wonderful. Like I told everybody, I, I, am so thrilled of, you know, I ask you questions about business and you know what you do to Lee, you go right back to family because that's what it means to you. And, and it's the truth comes out when you just look a little bit, that that's what really matters. And so uh, good for you, De Lee. I know people might want to hear more and perhaps wish this could go on a little longer, but, but uh, we do have constraints. So if they wanted to reach out to you, talk to you, learn from you, or even know a little bit more about bakers, uh, what would you have them do?
1: Well, they can uh, check us out on our website. I think that's a great way to contact us. So it's bakerscollision.com, very easy. Also, they can call or text us at 419-524-1350. So we're right up there, you know, changing in the changing technology. So our main phone number, people can text us at our main phone number and we receive those texts and we can actually uh, send those to whoever needs to respond.
0: Wonderful. And I hope people will. And, and I, I thank you, Deli, for being a part of, of our show and for sharing the inspiration, motivation, and kind of the grit that you've shown over the years to build a small local family business. Uh, success means a lot of things to a lot of people, but I can't think of anything better than, than continuing on a legacy of, of a small local family business and driving a community in the way that you do. So thank you so much for being our guest, but also for doing what you do in our community. Thank you, Deli.
1: Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it.
0: So this is Dash of Grid, and Dash of Grid is brought to you by Spire Advertising. That's my company. We are here to help you grow as a local business owner, as a full team uh, of marketers, a full team of designers, folks that can work on your team to help you accomplish the growth that you are trying to do. And so if you'd like to learn more about Spire, just visit our website. It's spiread.com. Uh, if you click on the contact sales button, I will answer and I'll be thrilled to do it. I'm Brian Leffelock. I'm thankful to Dele Powell of Baker's Collision Repair. And this has been Dash of Grit. It's an acquired taste. It's not for everyone. But if you choose to, to uh, go after that secret recipe, the benefits are great on the other side. So Dash of Grit will return. We'll see you next time. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.